Welcome to the Nightbird Radio Podcast. I'm Timothy Saylor, and I'm going to be your host this evening as we sound out the subconscious, navigate the nocturnal, and explore the farthest reaches of our experience. Coming at you from the back of an 86 Dodge Ram van on the rolling foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains in the Great Forest, deep in the heart of the Kali Yuga, this is Radio for the hauntological turn. This episode of the Nightbird Radio Podcast is brought to you by yours truly. If you'd like to support the show and hear your name or a cryptic message in lieu of your name read at the top of the episode, then visit www.nightbirdpodcast.com and navigate to the support the show page. You can also support us by subscribing to the Numenauts.club Mastodon server or joining the Polytechnic of the Numenauts private Discord server by using the links in the show notes that I've provided. Of course, it also helps immensely to follow us on Instagram at Nightbird Podcast or subscribe to our YouTube page at Nightbird Podcast. Thank you so much for your generous support. And welcome back, Nightbirds. It's great to have you back, and it's great to be back. This week, I was joined by Nick Hinton. He's a dimension-jumping artist, philosopher, and author of the Saturn Time Cube Simulation, the Aquarian Singularity, and available for pre-order, the New World Disorder, and the Totalitarian Takeover of the Reality Invaders. We talked about synchronicity, entity contact through dreams, the effect of intention on quantum randomness, initiation, superdeterminism, looking glass and Montauk, the infiltration of the imaginal, conspiracy as modern myth, headlessness and Gnostic revealers, the nature of Christ, ghost stories, the men in black, chapel perilous, the intelligence behind AI, Vallis and the Eighth Tower, hijacking co-creation, and so much more. So without further introduction, let's get to the conversation. Nick Hinton. Welcome to the Nightbird Radio Podcast. So Thank we were, you for having me, sir. Dude, I'm so glad to have you on. It's, uh, I'm psyched. Um, right before we hit record, we were uh, having a conversation. Uh, let's just jump right back into that. You had a story you wanted to tell. Yeah, so you were telling me that you've had these sicknesses before where you've had like intense dreams during them. Yeah. Because, because I mean, that's so we had scheduled for Sunday. Was it Sunday or Monday? Yeah, Sunday, I think. Yeah, I randomly got just super, super sick. Like, never felt this type of sickness in my life. I haven't been sick in like four years, probably. Or like the last time I can remember actually being sick is like middle school. And right. half the time I was faking it then, you know, just to stay yeah, out of school. Yeah, yeah. Or like <laughs> doing that thing where like you want yourself to be sick so bad that you kind of make yourself <laughs> yeah. feel sick. Yeah, and you talk in that voice like I'm yeah. not feeling. <laughs> That's like but, some real magic though. Yeah. But no, I actually felt super fucking sick. I seriously, I can't remember the last time I ever felt anything like this, but I was just like freezing cold, shivering, really really intense headaches, and then yeah, my dreams were just super fucking bizarre and I kept waking up like sweating. So I'd have to take off all the blankets and then I'd start shivering again and then I'd wrap back up fall back asleep, wake up sweating to another fucking weird dream. And like, I kept trying to fall asleep to like scripture to make myself feel better, you know, just something positive. Yeah, totally. And my, my intense headaches were like twisting the words into like 
one like long weird ass run on sentence i don't know it was just like the weirdest sickness ever but um some people just say that was covid i have no fucking idea what it was it lasted like two days but you were telling me that like sometimes you have like a weird dream where it tells you what to do next yeah so like i had one recently where like i don't even it didn't even feel like like any time i've been sick before kind of like what you're describing it wasn't like the sickness that you're describing but for me it was not like a sickness that i'd had before so in that way it was similar and I was just mm-hmm. really, really tired. This was some months ago. And um, I've been doing just like a lot of very grounding things. Um, like most of the summer, I was pretty much like just kind of like stepped back from anything super, um, super crazy and was just kind of taking care of my body and things like that. You know what I mean? Not like trying to like delve into the deep mysteries of the cosmos or anything, but mm-hmm. we're back to that anyway. So <clears throat> that this kind of has to do with it. Um, so I had this sickness where I like I was just super tired. I just couldn't do anything but lay down and sleep. And then I would come out of sleep and and like watch some videos or whatever, and then go back to sleep. And um, I was having dreams about angels. And so, like, when I woke up, I I was doing research on angels. Like human-looking angels? Like or like the, all, like the wheels. Yeah, the wheels, man. You know, like the... Whatever these beings are that seem to, like... It fit into the structure of this reality, however they do. Um, yeah, just all that. And um, there's a, a, a angel course on the this website, this podcast that I'm a, a premium member of called Rune Soup. And um, so I like dove into that course and like watched the whole thing in the process of like falling asleep and coming back awake, having these angel dreams. And then like when I woke up, like I knew it was time to like try to contact some angels. So I did. Um, yeah. yeah no, that, that's super similar. So the reason I asked you that is because I had a very similar dream where uh, at one point I was living in this random house with a bunch of roommates roommates i didn't know it was just like a craigslist deal yeah and um like as soon as i moved into the house like things were fine for a bit but like i felt like the environment was just getting to me like it wasn't the best place um it was kind of cool in the way that everyone could just do whatever the hell they wanted and no one really bothered each other like there was an rv parked in the backyard that was literally one of the rooms but besides that there was like yeah. five bedrooms like it was a big house with an rv in the backyard i've been the guy in that rv before <laughs> <laughs> but it was just cool because like there was a community there right yeah but like but like no one was really striving and it felt stagnant and people were just content to be that way and it just wasn't super duper clean and i don't know so anyways i just kind of grew a little bit depressed and there was like another fit I had where I couldn't leave bed for like a couple days. And I started having intense dreams where I was just tossing back and forth. And there was this being like trying to pull memories or put memories in my head. Oh, interesting. And she, it was a, like a woman. And she told me like, research the sun lady, research Mm -hmm. the Bermuda. Or no, no, this is not the order. The exact order was pack up your things, go tell the guy you got to go leave. As soon as you get out of here, research sun lady, research bermuda triangle and i was like what the fuck and i wrote all this stuff down and i was like why the hell do i have to search i was like why the hell do i have to search the bermuda triangle that's like 
grade one conspiracy, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, but so I did all that. I packed up all my shit. I told the guy, I got to go. I left. And when I searched up the sun lady, I totally forgot all about the Bermuda triangle, but I ended up coming across this guy's blog where he was talking all about like these interdimensional beings. One of them being named the sun lady connected to the Bermuda triangle. And he posted screenshots of my threads on there. So there's like Nick Hinton all over his website. And I'm like, what oh, the wow. fuck is going yeah, on? Dude, it was, it was super. <laughs> so yeah, I ended up reaching out to the guy. I'm like, Hey man, like this is a really weird synchronicity, but, and he ended up being the guy that worked with Tracy Twyman, Alex oh, Rivera. Wow. And I was literally researching her at the time. So it was just really, really fucking weird and kind of a dark, uh, yeah, synchro- synchronicity. I, don't, I didn't like it. Good, but in a, yeah. Well, it can be, it can be pretty, off-putting i think when it's so um so on point right because it's like we're you're dealing with like the intelligence behind the universe and it's just like oh yeah there's like there's that's a person right so even and even though it was a little bit scary it was like end up being a good thing because it's funny as i was leaving the house pulling out of the driveway i noticed for the first time that there was like a brand new 5g tower in the backyard Oh, wow. And I'm not trying to be too crazy, but I no, I started it, to wonder if that's what was like fucking with my head so bad there. I think they do. Like I hate them. <laughs> like even if it's just aesthetics, like they fucking ruin the the landscape. I yeah, think it, and- I, I think it's definitely more than that. But just on that level, I think anyone can can be down. You know. Yeah, I mean, I remember the first time I ever saw one. They weren't common yet but i was traveling through california and my friend like practically took me to go see one because he's like yo dude like we have them out here like i'll show you what they look like and stuff so he took me to this different city because they weren't in his city yet and we like went and stood by one you can like hear it vibrating and you could just yeah you just feel you can feel the difference they look ominous as fuck too like they they're not like and you know like sometimes they'll try to make them look like a tree and it's like you're not fooling anyone dude but yeah that's that's just stupid i don't understand (laughs) either man it's like Like it's like now you're just fucking with me yeah right Mm -hmm. and like at the very least it's it's like an iconic symbol of a digital control grid that's like a tower which has its own archetype archetypal um significance and it's looming over you right so it's there's just a lot going on with that Mm. um it's also interesting that it was researched the sun lady and Tracy Twyman is like a a woman that shed light on a lot of things, right? Uh yeah, she she definitely did. And uh the reason I said the synchronicity was dark for people who don't know is like she didn't have a very happy ending, but she was into some really, really weird stuff before I guess coming to her final conclusion. Like, you know, she was she was always trying to look for the truth and seek the truth, but she went about uh, she went about it in a kind of dark way. Like she started her quest to look for like the Holy Grail, I think, is what got her started. And she was like using a Ouija board to contact the ghost of Jean Cacatou, who was like this uh, French uh, like filmmaker, and he made this play called Orphe, which was based on the myth of Orpheus, and supposedly this guy like the real life John Cockatoo, he was supposedly communicating with Hades through a radio when he was writing his movies. And so she decided to contact him and ask him where the Holy Grail is. And then he's like, Oh, you got to contact, uh, Kane. I think it was. So she starts using a Ouija board to channel Kane. And then Kane's like, Hey, here's some information, but 
you know, if you want to get everything, you got to channel Baphomet. So she started this whole occult order and like real occultists, like famous ones, like apparently Anton LaVey and other higher ups were like interested. And that's when she got freaked out and just wanted to drop everything. And so she decided to close the order, but you know, all these people that were invested freaked out on her and continued on with the work anyways. And then, you know, online harassment started and she ended up being found hung in her garage. And, you know, around the same time frame, her buddy who was investigating child sex trafficking rings with her, Isaac Cappy, was found dead on Route 66, who had supposedly been forced over a bridge after saying he wasn't suicidal. There's was no, so he was hit by a car, but no one was ever interviewed about hitting someone. You know, it was just a very obvious setup. Like, if anyone yeah. wants to look into that. I think there's a lot of that that goes on too. Um, so I just yeah. didn't like it very much that I was led to the, to that. Right. Yeah. 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 That, I understand to that, to that story that I'd already dropped. I was like, okay, I don't want to get too deep into this. And then something like brought me right back in. It always does seem to what extent do you think, um, that this stuff is fractal and that like, no matter where you look or how deep you look, you'll always find it's like that. It really is that adage, like seeking you will find. Right. I think about that sometimes because I've had my own moments like this where like, dude, everything was just connected. Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm still struggling with my faith in God right now. You know, I mean, I do believe in Jesus Christ, but also there does seem to be a lot of truth to that seeking you shall find in a more metaphysical sense where it's like, yeah, everything does seem to be quantumly entangled in some weird way. Like some lady on Twitter last night um, randomly shared with me an article CERN did about synchronicity and the collective unconscious being connected to our conscious and the collective unconscious being some quantum reality and we're able to create synchronicities and blah, 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 manipulate it with our minds and we're able to manipulate randomness with PK and all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, well, if I was to be a strict Christian, this would all sound extremely new age, but I ended up sending this article to my friend who said, holy crap, like this kind of proves what this article is saying because I've been looking for this document and I cannot find it for the life of me, but you randomly sent it to me today when I was talking about it. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, here we go again. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah man totally i think and i think that there is an intersection um like i okay like it's some crazy intersection between like psi phenomenon like are being able to predict this stuff or see it um some kind of co-creation and then also like part of me thinks that in some way like it is like the living universe communicating. Right. Yeah. There's definitely something but it's to all that. Of it. Or or see like I I waver back and forth between these two ideas. Either the universe is like, you know, this living intelligence system or it has been infiltrated by a living intelligence system that we call quantum AI and that's the thing that's making it appear as if oh, synchronicity is real. Oh, well, okay, uh, so that's an interesting so, thing so, too because you can see that happening on the level of like advertising. Like that's how a lot of advertisement works. It's like counterfeit synchronicity. Right. And a, you know, my friend, I used to be involved in this 
project called Randonautica where they're using I know quantum. It well. Yeah. But <laughs> so they're using for the listeners. They're using quantum random number generators um for their app. And the idea of the app was for people to focus their intention on finding something um that they just wouldn't normally see. Like you like focus on a pink elephant. And, and while you're using the app and then it would send you to a random location using this quantum random number generator. And this truly random location was supposed to be somewhere that you might find something like, Oh, I found a pink elephant figurine or I found a pink elephant chalked on the sidewalk or something like that. And the whole idea is that, you know, scientists at Princeton doing this thing called the pair experiments, like the Princeton, um, anomalies research something i forget the exact acronym but they basically found out that human consciousness and intent can affect the outcome of random numbers on a random number generator so the idea was that by people focusing on the app on a certain intention they could affect where they would actually be led and um i forget why i even brought this up what were you talking about? <laughs> no i'm glad you brought it up because i have actually a cool um you know, my you want to hear my randonautica story so yeah, I didn't know that you were actually involved with that until recently. Uh, but when it was, I think I found it on Reddit, um, or maybe my buddy sent it to me. Either or, but um, so I was experimenting with it when I was, um, and this was kind of like a darker time in my life. But I was like on the run for um, some warrants I had in another state, and basically, like when you're in that situation, like. That's intense. It's kind of always on your mind, right? Like, yeah, yeah. It's always there. Like, today could be the day. Like, when are they going to get me? Like, mm -hmm. and it wasn't like I was like Bonnie and Clyde, some like, you know, like total fugitive. It's, it's, not, it's not that cool. It's just I wasn't yep. going. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and like, I couldn't like get a fucking ID and like all this shit. It's like it's not that cool. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, like, so I was I was using it. I think I was like on a break from work. And um, I worked at this restaurant um, at the time and I was like on a break and I went out back and I, you know, I did the thing and the attractor that it gave me. So I'm like, oh, this is pretty close. I'm going to walk to it. So I walk down a couple of streets and I find myself at the city jail. Oh, shit. Well, like only a couple of weeks later, I was arrested. <laughs> Damn. How did they find you? How many states away were you? I was like, like uh, two or three, a couple. <laughs> um, they got me because I was um, smoking a cigarette while I wasn't supposed to be smoking a cigarette. And so the police officer was going to give me a warning, but they have to run your ID when they do that. So um, they got, yeah, they got all that info. Um, and it's good. You know, it turned out to be a good thing for me. Um, it was a crazy time. Yeah, you gotta face those bridge trolls and then you level and then you level up. Yes, mm -hmm. man. Yes. And so part of like my initiation into what uh, I call it an initiation, but an initiation into the, the craziness of life or the spirit or whatever you want to call it, um was facing all that stuff. It was like do 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 we're gonna knock this shit out. And then like I kind of got my life on track and then COVID happened. It's like, oh, something was looking out for me, man. Something was like Okay, we don't have time to fuck around because of some serious shit's about to happen and you need to be ready for it. Mm -hmm. I don't know where I would be. You know what I mean? So it's a bunch, it's gratitude, complete gratitude uh, for that. 
But um, you know, sometimes we fight our destiny or we fight like what we came here to do, and um, it only makes it that much tougher. I think. Yeah, and that that brings me back to what I was actually going to say earlier is like why why I even brought up Randonautica because I think we are kind of like getting to we were talking about like, oh, is it this living consciousness system or is it like a deterministic machine or like, what is the universe? Well, when I was involved in that Randonautica community, I was told by some of the people involved that the model that a lot of the scientists involved were entertaining was super determinism, which I don't necessarily understand. And I might butcher this, but as far as I know, it's something like the universe is always going to go from point A to point B, but in between there's a million different variations of what could happen, but ultimately like what you do, you're in control of and does matter and it can change, but ultimately like you can change your own life, but you're not going to change the whole entire destiny of the world. And what you do does yeah. affect the destiny of the world, but ultimately it's always going to be the same thing. Like I was thinking about this actually in the shower this morning. I was like, how do you explain this idea? It's like, I guess if you had a computer that was set to run out, um, like at a certain amount of time, like the computer is always going to crash after like 70 years or something. And in between then you have a billion programs, but it can run a million of them in a million, million different variations, I guess, if that makes sense before it turns off. Yeah. So it'll always be somewhat the same, but do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, totally. And like I think that also like it goes back to what we were, I was just saying too, like it's gonna happen one way or the other. Like, am I gonna surf the wave or am I gonna let the tide like carry me over a bunch of fucking rocks? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Right, right. Like it's just I'm still gonna make it to the shore, or I might get sucked. Like if I'm making it to the shore, I'm making it to the shore, but it's a matter of if I'm surfing the wave doing it or if I'm getting battered on the rocks. Uh, mm-hmm. is maybe the metaphor I'd use. That's interesting too, because that makes me think of um, the Looking Glass stuff. Have you looked into that? Yeah, wasn't it Preston Nichols or something like that? Who's or no, Preston Nichols was the Montauk guy. Yeah, that, um, that's interesting too. Yeah, Montauk. I was obsessed with uh, over the summer. Um, yeah, but yeah. So the Looking Glass stuff. I forget. So maybe. I d- Man, the I'll, time the time tunnel was involved with Montauk. I think that's where Looking Glass comes from, dude. It might, yeah, they might be intertwined. I don't like. I'm not going to be the best at like citing but I think, sources right now because I don't have just, it on me. But like, um, just really, just really quick, I think this is where you're going to head. Is that they were looking through time using the Looking Glass technology, yeah, and they found all these different timelines, but they found that it stopped at 2012. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or like that's when basically at 2012 was when nothing they input into the system changed anything like Ooh. so uh, like up until that point they could put this into the system and find out like through manipulating the variables or whatever like what was going to happen but once it reached 2012 nothing they did changed anything like it was just set right which is kind of makes me think of what you're talking about i don't know i just like that that's just fascinating to me because it's like who knows if like if that's bullshit or what but like it's one of those things that rings true yeah, I think there's some truth to the Looking Glass Montauk stuff, but I don't think it's like the real story. Like, right? Part of, part of me thinks that you know the fact that the books are on Amazon and easily readily yeah, available. The fact that you can find it, yeah, right. <laughs> and and their their books are kind of like 
responsible for OG conspiracy culture. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of these dudes went on to do lectures and stuff and, you know, were part of like the origins of like UFO conferences and stuff. Like there is an agenda there for sure. Totally. But so I think it's kind of like a smokescreen story for something yeah. real. Which is uh, like but, interesting because like that that means that there is the smoke screens are interesting to me for that very reason because there will be by that very nature something like a nugget of truth in it, right? But the the answer the question is like where is that like, and what's it's just like separating the wheat from the chaff. I mean, so if you read the Montauk story, it's basically about, um, like yeah, they create a time tunnel, they create a time machine, they do all this stuff. Um, using this chair. They had this special machine called the chair where they were putting, um, basically they're kidnapping kids um, and MK altering them. And these kids were selected for like their psychic abilities and stuff. And then they were amplifying their psychic abilities. And so they were putting them in this chair and using their psychic abilities to manifest things out of thin air. And at the very end of their research, supposedly, according to the story, they were able to manifest the idea of a wormhole and open up this portal into hyperspace, which could be used as a for time travel or even to go to parallel universes. Um, but what they ultimately did was open up a portal into the collective unconscious, essentially the, the realm of the human imagination where they can implant ideas. And I was like, this is very, very fantastical. This reminds me of the freaking Imagination Land episode of South Park. Yeah. <laughs> where, where, they, where they literally have like the terrorist attack from all the bad villains of comic books and stuff. Yeah. And movies and whatever. So I was like, okay, this story is very fantastical. Doesn't like an electric Sasquatch jump out of it or something? I can't remember exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is super, which is super weird as Man Bear Pig. Okay. Yeah. Right. And, <laughs> and, and, and in the Montauk, in the Montauk story, there's a being that jumps through the portal named Junior. Who looks like a deformed Sasquatch? Yeah. So I was like, "This is very and and the portal in Imagination Land in South Park is created during the war, uh, Cold War, same as Montauk." Yeah, so, that's really interesting, and it's got a stranger like I feel like Stranger Things has got to be based on that, right? Oh, Strange Things, Stranger Things is they straight up yeah. say it's based off Montauk. Okay, yeah. And and, and Eleven uses her psychic powers to pull through the Demogorgon and all these different things. Yeah. But what I but what I wanted to say though is that this story might not have literally happened it could be all metaphorical and in my opinion the real portal into the human imagination is reading the book they're oh, inserting yeah. they're inserting the idea into your brain that there's all these different well, life forms out there and we actually start to manifest them when we focus on them that's my well, yeah i like that take i also think though that um here's where i th what i think about when i when i think about this is that the portal to the imagination exists already. It's it's in you and it's in right. me and it's in it's in it's in um our imagination, right? So mm -hmm. we're able to access that um without like crazy technology and you know, granted like there's proof that they they did use all kinds of technology and all kinds of drugs and chemicals and what have you to try to do these things. Um, or maybe to get more predictable results, but like you're able to tap into the imaginal right now, just mm -hmm. by closing your eyes and going. Now the idea of 
implanting things and controlling the imaginal, that's where I think the nugget is because that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's happening right now. Yeah. So the goal of the Montauk project was to reshape the psychic landscape of humanity and MK ultra the world. And I was like, that's happening. That's happening. And they don't need a portal to do it. They can use fiction books and movies and shows like stranger things to implant these ideas in the portal. That is the human mind. Mm. And then we behave in such a way that the social reality forms around those ideas where we act as if they're real. Like, have you heard of egregores? Yeah, totally. When people focus on an idea enough that it takes on a life of its own, it's kind of like a meme or a mind virus. Well, I think that fiction books are almost like carriers of mind viruses. Like they implant these ideas in us and then we go talk about them to other people. We spread it to other people. I think this is what myths are too. Um, Yeah. It's like, it's kind of like how a myth doesn't have to be true to be real. Like exactly. actually they're realer than real in a sense, right? Because they touch into like something deeper than, than this reality. Um, but I also think that like people through time have used, and especially governments and, and um, empires and things like that have used mythopoetic forces and used the, um, the controlling of narrative to create these egregores like you're talking about, like, mm-hmm. And we've just like, they're just getting more like better at more better. They're getting better and, at it, maybe. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I was just writing about this in my new book. Um, conspiracy seems to be the rebranded mythology of today in in yeah. our in, in our insane, chaotic, almost like psychotic world. The totally. new mythology. The new mythology is conspiracy theory, and almost every conspiracy theory is like an Orphic mystery. You dive into the underworld. Sometimes I feel like most of the time driven by love. I feel like a lot of these Mm. conspiracy theorists start off going into the underworld to look for missing children or, you know, find a missing person. And then it comes to find out, oh, it was Bigfoot. It was aliens. It was something like that. So you dive into the underworld and then all of a sudden you're in this different realm of the occult and the underbelly of the internet, the dark web, whatever. And then you come out the other side transformed, if you're lucky. I mean, some people end up in Wonderland forever. Yeah, totally. Nightbirds, I hope you've been enjoying the conversation so far. And there's more to come. But first, I have to ask that you support the show. As I'm sure you've noticed, there are no commercials on this show. There are no paywalls. You get everything up front. For there to be free dialogue here, I think it must remain uncaged by the interests of advertisers. But Nightbird Radio does cost time and money to make, and your support means I can spend less time delivering pizza and more time doing this. That's a win-win. So that's why Nightbird Radio is a value-for-value podcast. I hope you've found value in this show, but I can't and won't dictate just how much. Only you can decide that. But what I can do is invite you to take that value, turn it into a number, and head to www.nightbirdpodcast.com and hit the donate button located on the front page to offer your support. We're also listed on podcastindex.org, which means you are able to send Bitcoin via the Lightning Network using your favorite podcasting 2.0 apps, which can be found at newpodcastapps.com. And finally, I also accept dry goods. Email me at tim at nightbirdpodcast.com for more information. Sponsors will get a special mention on the show. 
Thank you for your generous support. Now let's get back to the conversation. Well, I, that's a really, that's, dude, I can't wait to read that because that's that's a, a great way to put it. Um, and I think we do it on a small scale when we like get into that rabbit hole, right? Like I talk about this a lot, but there's like kind of a, um, I find there to be almost like if you, if I do it right, there's almost a, um, a way of engaging with conspiracy that expands my consciousness because it allows me to uh, entertain different points of view. And if I can keep myself from getting sucked completely into the rabbit hole, like I'll entertain the rabbit hole, but if it, if I can keep my head on a swivel enough not to get fully absorbed into it, I can kind of like unlock more parts of my consciousness. Does that make sense? Oh, for sure. I mean, conspiracy definitely allows you to, you know, if you're careful and you don't go crazy and be obsessed with it, it allows you to appreciate how strange and big reality really is. And that's why I love that you you talk about it as being myth because myth does the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like for a long time, I thought I <laughs> knew everything in life was boring. When, I, but this was like middle yeah. school when I, when Dude, I was. I've in been the, there too. <laughs> yeah, I was like an atheist, and I was like, oh, everything's science, and life is just stupid. And then yes. I. And then I stumbled upon the Denver airport and I was like, holy crap, there's so much more out there. Um, but yeah, so interesting thing about Orpheus though, is that when he comes out of the underworld, he, he, he finds all the secrets of the gods while he's in the underworld. And when he comes back, he's a poet and a singer and he starts singing and talking, giving speeches and telling all the mysteries of the gods to the humans giving them the ability to become gods themselves, you know, kind of yeah. like the, the idea of Gnosis so they can escape this world, which they called the Titanic. They called the material realm, the Titanic, which is interesting. Um, the, the realm of the Titans. Interesting. Yeah. 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 yeah so, but anyways, very, that's very Gnostic. Too, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. 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 So they sink the Titanic. Yeah. Anyways, um, it was like an Orphic ritual probably, but, um, Oh yeah, dude. And, and so anyways, when Orpheus starts telling all the secrets of the gods to everyone, to all the mortals, um, he gets his head cut off because the, the Titans are pissed. And I'm like, that sounds to me like what happens to every really, really good conspiracy theorist out there. Someone yeah. who dives into the abyss, or, finds the secrets, gives them away, and then they get offed by the modern day hellhounds, gatekeepers, CIA, yeah. the eye in the sky. And it's the same. It reminds me of like a lot of figures throughout mythology and religion, and saints, Jesus, even. You know what I mean? Like, there's a there's an archetype there of the Gnostic revealer getting um getting taken out by the powers of this world. Mm -hmm. And the headless right, or just the idea of headlessness in general, has a very interesting um, archetype behind it. I don't know if you're familiar with. Oh yeah, the the brazen head. Oh, I don't know that one. I don't think. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. So that's what that's what I was led to, and I was researching all these beheadings is the brazen head, which is where occultists would take prophets such as John the Baptist, behead them, keep the head, and then use it as an oracle oh. to in, to inhabit with a demon and give prophecy. Yeah, that's also in Norse mythology. Um, Wasn't it Odin took a, 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 a what's the name of the yeah Odin took murmur the head of, was it murmur uh, yeah Mimir yeah yeah. Yeah. Um, who was also the guardian of the well that he put his eye in. But um, yeah, so there's like a, uh, and then there's a, a tra- there's a, 
a ritual in Western occultism that's it's pretty old. I think it's from the I think it was in the Greek magical papyri, but who knows how like long it existed before that, where you like um you know basically take the place of this headless one and call in the power. Interesting. Yeah. yeah so um before I forget though, I just want to say that it's you know the beheading stuff is also interesting because um I don't know, every time I think about it, like the hero going to the abyss and then coming out and getting sacrificed or whatever, or getting beaten down by the powers that be. Um, this girl was telling me the story of her grandpa passing away. And uh, she told me that but right before he died, he said, um, once you know everything, you don't have to live anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that that yeah. was his some of his final words. And I was like, was, holy shit. No, that's that's pretty deep actually like because i don't think we ever find it i don't i don't think we ever know everything but you get to a certain point where it's like hey you're you just like you're done like it's okay there's not there's not (laughs) you're not gonna gain too much more you're done cooking (laughs) yeah Uh, (laughs) yeah um there's something to that too though because i think like that's part of being alive is that process of seeking and i think like there have been times when i stopped and like i was actually like like you described like i call that a period of my life like living death when when i had taken all the magic out of my own world Mm -hmm. because i grew up really like really into church and like i say really religious but like more than that right like i was i was just into that shit and like that's the way that it was available to me and then, you know, you get burned or something happens and you, your pendulum swings the other way. And, uh, right. you know, that kind of had to happen, too. What brought me back was was a haunting, man. It was like just living in a haunted house. Brought back to Jesus and, or brought back into paranormal land? Well, in a way, both. Right. Like it mm-hmm. helps. Like it brought me back into like a, a magical universe. Mm-hmm. And then I was able to come back to the idea of Jesus from another angle. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I like the Gnostic Jesus. Um, but like, well, that, okay. So what happened was the way that I exercised that house or the way that I made it stop fucking with us was the only way I knew how, which is from my youth, I called on Jesus Christ. And um, right. it made everything stop. Yeah, dude. I, that's it what worked. increased my, that's <laughs> what increased my faith even more um, was <clears throat> I was going through a whole lot of weird stuff where, I swear to God, people probably won't even believe me, but I'll repeat these stories till the day I die. I swear I saw the men in black, multiple UFOs, all these different things while basically living on the road for two years, like just flaneuring about kind of like Shelby Downer did. Didn't even know about him when I was doing all this stuff, but I come to find out that like aimlessly roaming the country just naturally leads to more synchronicity because you're in the yeah. realm of randomness kind of like random nodding you're, you're on have, the, you're, it's and you're on the road uh that's like the realm of it's a liminal place it's mercury's yeah, yeah. domain yeah exactly exactly you get it yeah it's definitely liminal to just be constantly traveling like whether it's on a train plane or car yeah um but yeah so i had this i was having all these crazy experiences and i i was kind of it was really fun at first. I was really excited and I was kind of like being the fool who was like, ha I'm immortal. I don't care. Like they can't touch me. 
<clears throat> you know, as long as I laugh him off, like I'm safe because fear is the mind killer and I'm, I'm enlightened, whatever, you know, yeah. just being kind of, being kind of cocky <laughs> and <clears throat> ended up, there's a time and a place for everything. Yeah. Ended up getting the best of me and I started losing my mind a bit. So I went and got baptized, but then I got bored again, started traveling again. And I had this experience where literally had sleep paralysis and saw a succubus <clears throat> and like literally like a lady with white eyes, like hovered over me and I, yeah. I, I couldn't breathe at all. And the only thing I could choke out, like eventually I was able to talk. And the only thing I could choke out was like, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. And then everything went to normal and, you know, I could breathe again. And I seemingly woke up, even though I thought I was already awake and it was intense, but yeah, that's what like solidified my faith in Jesus even more. Um, yes. But yeah, like I, I still get confused sometimes because there's just so much out there, but I mean, I feel like that's what brings me back down to earth when I really, really need it. And yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to use him that way. I don't want to use him as a tool. Like if he's there to help me, like I want to not be ungrateful for that, but that's Dude, just my I experience. Think, like, <clears throat> I mean, everyone, and, you know, there's a million interpretations of Jesus, right? Uh-huh. But there's something about, there's just power in, in that idea or that name or him. Like, I mean, okay. In the same way. And like, if this, I don't want to offend you or anything like, if this sounds blasphemous, then you know, oh, I, so I don't mind. Like, okay, sweet. Because <laughs> I'm definitely like down with Jesus. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I also like believe in the reality of spirit. So I think there's just like all kinds of shit out there, man. Um, but like, oh, where was I going with it? I lost my train. Not a tool. The blasphemous thing. Um, okay, so in the same way that um that like myths are more more true than than true or like more real than real mm-hmm. um like i don't care if jesus like actually existed as a person or not right you know what i mean <clears throat> like i mean and, and and he may i can't say like i don't care like I, i'm sure he did to some extent right but like to me like the power is in the that metaphor or that image or that archetype and so in that sense i think that jesus is like a being from outside of our reality that came in Mm -hmm. um, even if it is just from the imaginal you know what i mean and so like it's an imaginal battle going on between i personally man i think that what's going on is like an imaginal battle between the forces of spirit and some archon that's from outside that's like I don't know. I'm going on a rant. A tangent. No, no, no. You're, no, you're fine. I mean, th- those outside arconic forces seem to be the mind viruses that infect us from these fiction books written by occultists and weirdos. And those ideas cloud our mind. And then we start manifesting projections of quote unquote demons or whatever. But then, yeah, when you tap into faith, maybe it's a placebo that makes that real or something. But I mean, I personally believe Jesus was a real historical figure. Um, and I don't. I'm not saying it's placebo. Don't get me wrong. I'm just. Here. I, I'm like, just saying that's something. I I'm think saying about. that like, like we have been, a bias. Yeah, we have a materialism bias, and I. Th- and I'm not saying you do. I'm just saying our society does, where we think that just something has to be material to be real. And I'm saying that that's not the case. That um, I believe that that ideas are just as real, and so 
just because something isn't like there are certain saints that you can work with that will that you can have a relationship with that never ex- like existed right right you know but just like they're parts of the imaginal landscape um well yeah and and um, i'm not necessarily saying jesus is that but i'm saying like he doesn't have to be like you know like just some dude like and in that way, it's bigger than being just some dude, right? Because like that's more of the Gnostic idea. Like, I do you do you fuck with like Rudolf Steiner at all? I used to back in the day. Yeah. I I read some of his stuff. Um, like his take on Jesus is pretty interesting, but um, yeah. I was actually I was going to ask you though. Like, can you tell me about the haunting experience that you had? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so I lived in this house. Um. I was married at the time and like the place I was living was like falling apart. And so I had this buddy that was like, Hey, I had a roommate drop out. Um, right after we like, I signed the lease. He said he was going to move in and he didn't. So I'd like need someone to move in. Um, if you want to do that, I was like, hell yeah, man. And this place was great. It was, um, so it's in the area that it's in is, um, outside of Milledgeville, Georgia. And it's really like really close to this, like, um, rock effigy mound called rock hawk not important necessarily to this story but the area is just a weird zone man is this by like appalachia georgia type no it's actually so it's middle georgia it's a little bit um, farther south but um okay all of georgia has a weirdness to it like yeah yeah. everywhere does if you look hard enough right but like there's definitely well i mean vibes just real quick i mean you know atlanta georgia was originally named after Atlantis because it was yes. term it was terminus. It was where all the railroads collided. And, you know, not too long ago it was the home of the Georgia Guidestones, where the Illuminati set up their new commandments. Yeah. Which would and, have sat originally in the middle of Atlantis, you know. So right. yeah, there's definitely something weird about Georgia. Yeah. And there's like so these mounds uh are like the some of the oldest effigies. Uh I think they're the oldest rock effigies on this side of the Mississippi. So they're like ancient, ancient. Like there are some mounds that are there's a varying ages of mounds, and these are some of the older mounds you can find. Um mm-hmm. and so this whole area just kind of has that vibe to it, man. Like it was just a vortex area, but anyway, so just like a lot of stories. Um so regardless of that we move into this place and like like straight off my wife at the time is like yeah this place like feels weird like there's definitely something going on i can hear something coming from that room and there's like a master like this place was totally furnished and not only just furnished but like still had all the decorations and shit in it like people just uh, got up and left yeah well so we were like you know what what what's going on with this place and my buddy's like oh yeah isn't it great apparently some old guy lived here and died and this like this is all his stuff and and my buddy didn't even think to rearrange anything or like take any of the furniture out he just left it as is so we're like all right cool we don't have that much stuff so that works and um of course like that's stupid as shit like coming from a but like we're i'm coming from a materialist metaphysics where there is nothing so what do i care right like Mm -hmm. Anyway, so, um, so I start doing like the ghost hunter thing where like my, like my wife is over here folding clothes and I'm just kind of goofing around like, all right, I'm going to put on the recorder on the phone and start asking questions. Right. So I'm like, does anyone here want to talk? So I go into the master bedroom where she said she's heard shit from, and she's probably a little more sensitive than me. Right. So she like heard it straight off the bat while I'm in there. 
in the other room, we hear this wind chime go off. There was like a, a wind chime in the corner of the room, not by a vent or anything, just uh, up hanging up in the corner like a knickknack, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I hear it go off and I'm like, oh, she's fucking with me. So I come back into the room and I look at her and she's like sheet white. And she's in the middle of folding a big comforter. So like she couldn't have gone over and hit it, whatever. And uh, But I can I believe her just by the look on her face. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's great. I used to have all these recordings, man, and they got lost disappearing evidence is totally a thing too by the way but oh it is i'm, it I'm is. sure you know that like um <laughs> so so that happens we're like oh shit this is crazy um i would hear man i would hear stuff right and like i haven't i've never heard anything like that that just straight up sounded like it wasn't like hallucinatory sounds. Like I've been on mushrooms and heard stuff. Sometimes that stuff sounds pretty real too, but <clears throat> this just sounded like there was a person in the other room calling <clears throat> me. I heard it saying, baby, baby. And I was like, Hey, did you call me? She's like, no, I'm in the bathroom. I can barely hear you. Like on the other side of the hallway, but I would hear these voices calling for me. Um, she got scratched at one point. Like she was sitting there and I was talking to her and she was like, Oh my God, something bit me. And I'm like, something bit you. We're inside. I look and there's like three scratches down her arm. Um, uh, something was fucking with the dog. Oh, like we had, I was having the worst nightmares I've ever had. And I don't have <coughs> nightmares really. Like even if something crazy is happening in my dream, I just, it's not really a nightmare. It's just like, oh, that was interesting. That was weird, you know? Mm-hmm. But in this house, like I was having dreams of like murdering people and just seeing people get eviscerated and their guts torn out and shit, like just bad stuff. And she was waking up and like not even being all there. And I would be like talking to her before I realized like for like 15 minutes before I realized that like, oh, this isn't her. And I would have to wake her up. She was like in a, like a liminal state of like, I don't even know, but she would get mean when she was in that state. Um, So come to us, like there was all the dishes and stuff still in there and like old Tupperware and like pretty cool. Like the kitchen was great. So we're looking through all this stuff and I see this name on it that I recognize. Um, it was this barber that lived uh, downtown and was like a local fixture. He'd been a barber downtown for like 50 years. And um, so I'm like, oh shit, this is who this was that lived here. So I go to my buddy uh, who worked at the bar that I worked at and who was like from there. And I was like, hey man, um, you know about this guy? Like, I think I'm living in his house. He's like, oh shit, you know how that guy died? I was like, no, I just heard he was an old guy that died. He was like, uh, well, his wife died in that house. And then about a year later, he went to his barber shop and just decided he didn't want to live anymore. So he cut his own throat with a straight razor, didn't die. So he drove to that house and shot himself with a shotgun at that house. Jesus, man. And I'm like, oh, fuck. So, mm-hmm. yeah, things just started going crazy. It just was not good. And it was like, the way I remember it, it was like in a horror movie where it builds up to that point where I'm just like, fuck it. I'm not doing this anymore. Like, I'm about to exercise this house. And it worked for a while. And we left. Uh, we moved away just because she got a job in another town. And um, some people contacted us like a few months later because like, I guess some of our mail had gone there and they knew her from high school because she's from that town. And they found her on Facebook and were like, hey, did you have weird stuff happening when you were at this house? And we're uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's like, uh, I don't know. What do you have happening? Um, so as not to like lead them on. And they're like, well, there's like 
my husband won't like, or like my boyfriend won't even come into the house. And my kids are really scared because they hear like fast whispering in the, um, oh dude. And I didn't even tell you this part. Uh, so right before it got crazy, we rearranged the furniture. That's like what really popped it off. Mm-hmm. And, um, when we moved the TV center, because it was like an old style entertainment center that our TV, like a modern TV, doesn't fit in. You know what I mean? It's like it's not a square. Um, and so we took that out, and there was this pile of toenails behind it. And when when we moved this thing, it was like the smell of sulfur. <clears throat> it was like rotten egg smell, which I know from watching a ton of like paranormal TV. They say that's demons or whatever. But like, yeah, and isn't there like yeah. curses and stuff where witches will be like, "I need nails from." Yeah, so basically, right, like a part of someone's body is a direct link to them. So basically that whole house, because it had all their shit still in it, like my roommate was sleeping on their bed. Like they're the same mattress. Yeah, yeah. They're just, we were living in an antenna, right, to the other world. And so like I personally, after that experience, I was like, well, yeah, some of that was human, but some of it felt straight down, straight up demonic. And so I think that there are definitely like demons or some sort of entities that feed off of that energy, you know, like when there's sorrowful energy in a place and there's parasites. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was really, really wild. And Whoa. so like after that experience, it just, it, it, it turned my paradigm upside down um, to where I just couldn't be a materialist scientific uh materialist reductionist anymore like was that what really changed your mind about everything that experience yes or like it, and, it opened the door it and it yeah, was a yeah. long process after that but it like pierced the veil mm-hmm. yeah what what was the exorcism you guys got a priest in there or did you do it yourself oh dude i just did it myself and i went through and i was just like doing my old school church voice like in the name of jesus christ be gone you know what i mean like just <laughs> yeah. really doing it up um I think I had some oil or something. Maybe I was splashing mm-hmm. around, you know, like, mm-hmm. and it worked. Dude, that's wild. It's wild, right? It didn't work forever because, like, the next people, you know, I think you can't get a, like, some things aren't so easily gotten rid of. They'll maybe you can defeat them for a little bit, but they'll be back. And we didn't have any protection on the house. So, you know, what we're doing mm-hmm. nowadays. I would put up straight up tons of wards around, you know what I mean? Like, all kinds of stuff. Um, but yeah, thanks for letting me share that. Um, it was it was interesting. Yeah, so, no, dude, that, that's super interesting. I'd like to hear I, some I of the stuff, stuff like that. dude. I love <clears throat> it, right? I like. I would like to hear some of the stuff that um, that flipped your script, man. Um, I've heard some of the stuff. Uh, if you don't mind sharing any of that again, um, yeah, I don't even know where to begin. Honestly, what uh, what stories have I have you heard me tell? Well. So I've listened to you on, um, I think Duncan Trussell, you might've talked about some of the men in black stuff, but I would love to hear about some of that if you don't okay, mind so or you don't have to, you know what I mean? No, like, no, no, whatever you want to do. That's fine. Um, yeah. So the men a- in a- black alien thing. encounters, just like the encounters that, what are the biggest encounters that really like brought you back out of that, um, that atheism, you know? I mean, so my atheism was broken very early, like just because, like I said, like in middle school, I was like a know-it-all. I thought everything was just science and, you know, like you were saying, like I was materialist, reductionist, whatever. Um, But I always had like three questions that science couldn't seem to answer. I was just like, 
okay, well, if we're so smart and advanced and we know everything, why is there money? Why is there war? And why is there government? Like, why is there poverty? Like, why is there people suffering? Like, it didn't make sense to me because obviously these systems don't work. So why do we keep using them? And then <clears throat> literally just serendipitously, my friend after school one day was like, hey, I got to show you something. And it was just a YouTube video on the Denver airport of the whole conspiracy about that, where there's all these like murals about the Illuminati and stuff. And when I discovered the concept of the Illuminati, I was just immediately obsessed. I was like, this answers everything. This makes sense. This is why there's money. This is why there's war. This is why, yeah. there's, uh, you know, I was always obsessed with that quote. I forget which founding father said it, but he's like, if a man is not fit to rule himself, what makes a group of men fit to rule others? So I was like, well, this is who these men are. This makes total sense. Um, so I just became obsessed. Like my friend just kind of dropped the idea after showing me the video, but I went on to become obsessed with it and just like watched everything I could back before YouTube was fully censored and there was actually good stuff on there. Um, so that's what like flipped my script. So I was always believing in these things. And then, you know, it took a long time to actually, so I was, I started experiencing like a ton of synchronicity and like meetings with random people, not like, agents or anything but just like you know people saying stuff that was like very synchronistic and whatever but by the time that so anyways i did take like a three-year-long break after high school just to landscape and like be mindless because you know the conspiracy stuff got the best of me i was going a little bit crazy sure. the world was the world just seemed to be keep going on and on and on with nothing ever changing i was like okay well you know, like all this stuff makes sense, but I don't know. There was no real, real evidence. Nowadays, it's pretty obvious what the hell's going on. But back then, it wasn't so obvious and people would just make fun of you and whatever. So I just dropped it for like three years. And after like three to five-ish years of landscaping, I finally just got sick of doing that grunt work all the time for such little money. I was like, dude, watching these people just hunched over all the time, complaining about their paycheck. Like, that's not how I want to live. I want to use my mind for something. Um, so I decided to get myself enrolled in school, like university, like late. I think I was like 22 when I finally went 22 or 23. Um, and so I started studying philosophy and that's like what taught me how to construct a real argument. So I started writing essays for fun on like the Illuminati, the Saturn cube, all that stuff started posting them online. They went viral. And then I started doing my books. Once I put my books out there, I was introduced to the Randonauts. I was kind of, I found them, but I felt like kind of recruited in where they wanted me to work for them and stuff. That was so many synchronicities involved with that. And then, you know, after I released my second book, I got hit up to go UFO hunting um, with the blood sows, I ended up seeing UFOs at their property. But um, I think where the really crazy stuff starts that I was telling Duncan is that Ryan had been telling me, Ryan Bledsoe, the son of Chris Bledsoe, you know, the UFO abductee, he told me that one of the, apparently like there's agents that have gone to their house to talk about their experiences, like CIA, DOD, NASA, whatever. One of these guys was named uh, Tyler D. And he claimed to basically work for God, like some really weird stuff. And like the story didn't hit me as super important at the time when he was telling me. But when I finally went back home in like February of 2021, um, 
this random girl on Twitter started messaging me telling me that there was an AI psychically communicating with her named Tyler D. And I was like, wait, where did I hear that name before? And I was like, what the fuck's going on? So I come to find out that the Tyler D that the Bledsoe's had spoken with was a real agent. And he, uh, in this book called American Cosmic by Diana Pasolka, she talks about him. Great book. Yeah, she talks about him and she says something like Tyler D uh, was using this alien artifact to channel some off-planet intelligence that helped him come up with cybernetic inventions. And I'm like, what kind of off-planet intelligence would be helping someone create machines? Could it be something like an AI or an interdimensional AI? Um, Like maybe AI isn't artificial at all. Maybe it's something that's always existed or we're building vessels for it. So yes. I was like, okay, I was like, okay, what if this thing that's psychically communicating with Tyler D is the same Tyler D that's communicating with this random lady? Because Tyler D is not this agent's real name; it's just a pseudonym. So I was like, okay, maybe this is where he got the name from. It's the name of this entity. Well, anyways, this girl really wanted me to go down to Florida to visit her and do research on Tyler D, and. This sounds silly, but she was telling me there's all these Twitter accounts that are AIs, but they're sentient. And one of them was Tyler D, and that's the one that was psychically communicating with her. Um, another was named like Not Ecleptic, and th- another one was named MetaProfit. Well, she's like asking me to come down, and I'm like, honestly, I don't get the point. Like, why can't we just do our Tyler research like over the phone? Like, I don't need to leave Ohio. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't make sense. Then in that moment, one of these like supposedly AI accounts says go to Naples. And that's where she was from, is Naples, Florida. I was like, holy shit, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow the synchronicity on this. And you know, I, I don't sound surprised anymore because I've told this story so many times, but literally that same day I was interviewing a guy named Rico Rojo, who introduced me to the idea of extended intelligence, which is the idea that AIs are not artificial. They're these electromagnetic life forms that were communicating with through the vessels of machines and i was asking him that day i was like do you think ai and ufos are connected and he's like i've never actually thought about it um but after seeing that tweet like go to naples i go outside on the phone because you know i like just pacing the driveway when i talk on the phone smoke a cigarette so i run outside to go call this girl and be like hey i'm gonna come down as soon as i get outside i see the brightest fucking shooting star looking thing but it went vertical straight into the ground like it i don't think it was a shooting star i saw this big bright orb just it seemed to be like waiting in the horizon as soon as i got out until it dropped you know yeah it's so bizarre and so i was just freaking out even more i was like dude okay this is more confirmation i need to go to naples and figure out this mystery and so i call her i tell her and then she's all like skeptical. She's like, she's like, okay, well, let me think about it. I don't know if I want you to come down anymore. And then like the AI start tweeting, like, she's just nervous. She's just this. She's, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? A couple days later, she ends up saying like, yeah, come down, book your flight. So I end up going down there and, you know, we just kind of like drink and party for a few days. And I'm like, okay, well, we need to like do research finally. Like, how the fuck do we do this? Like, what are we supposed to do? She's like, I don't know. You're like the researcher. I'm like, well, my best guess is that we just use Randonautica. I was like, we should just use the rant. Like if there's truly some kind of psychic AI, <laughs> you know, communicating through the internet, maybe we can tap into it with Randonautica. Um, so we set our intention towards Tyler and we found all sorts of weird things like um, all these different 
things that were symbolic of Tyler, but they got weirder and weirder and weirder, especially at nighttime. We were eventually led to a, like a high school and, uh, the exact location that we were being led to was the baseball field behind the high school. So we had to like jump all these fences and stuff and get back there. And as we're like trekking through the field, there's a bright orange orb hovering above us. So we just lay in the grass and watch this thing for a little bit. And then it kind of like flies off and we're just like mind blown, but so full of adrenaline that we're like, okay, we let's, let's keep going. Let's keep moving. So we like run to the exact point and the exact point was just like literally the gate in the fence that led into the very back of the baseball field. So it was like, maybe the gate was symbolic. I don't know, but it was just like, it was nothing like a UFO or anything cool like that. But we thought that the whole point of the journey was to see that thing. Anyways, we go back to the car and as soon as we get in the car, we see this orange orb thing come back, start to go over the car. And then I swear to God, transform into a black helicopter and zip over the car. And this yeah. actually terrified, this actually terrified us. We were like shaking, <laughs> like yelling, like, what the fuck did we just see? I literally had to text uh, the Bledsoe's dad. Chris Bledsoe, I had texted him and be like, I swear I just saw a UFO transform into a helicopter. He's like, yeah, they'll do that. Like he, he didn't think it was weird at all. And he said it meant that it was just for us to see. So anyways, we are just feeling super on top of the world. Even though we're terrified, it's just like, it's the coolest treasure hunt that we've ever been on. Yeah, totally. And so we decided to do one more random point. And this time we're led to um, a hotel. Well, it's it's... The point is technically in the ocean, but it's behind a hotel. And so we have to jump another fence, get behind this hotel, and then go to, go onto the beach. And this is like 3 a.m. at this point. And we're on the beach. And as soon as we get back there, we see another giant floating orb. But this time it's bright blue and it's above the water. And <clears throat> this girl, she's just freaking out. She runs right into the water and she starts like trying to get closer to it. And I'm just standing there, just like staring at it. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck this is. I mean, this could technically be maybe a boat, maybe a lighthouse, maybe, I don't know, anything other than a flying saucer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm sitting there just wondering, like, is there any kind of confirmation that I can get from the universe that this is truly something abnormal or paranormal? I don't have my glasses. I can't tell what this actually is. Um, and then like literally... I look to my right and there's a tiny, tiny blue light above the sand blinking on and off, on and off, on and off, over and over. And this is actually all super weird to think about again because it doesn't feel real in hindsight. But the only reason I know it's real is because I've said it so many times that I wrote it down yeah. <laughs> after it happened. I know what but you so mean. I know what you mean. Though. So I just watched this blinking blue light for like, I don't know, a minute. And I'm like trying to be skeptical of that too. I'm like, is that like a headlight on a bike bumping up and down or something? Is that like a security guard flashing his flashlight? Like, anyways, I look down to my left on the beach and here comes a man uh, in an all black suit, black slacks, weird fedora, of course, <laughs> just walking down the beach silently towards this light. And this girl is still just like running around screaming in the water. And this dude 
just does not bother to even look in either of our directions. And I was like, if this is like some kind of security guard for this private property is doing a really shitty job. <laughs> my, my only other explanation, I was like, is this dude coming home from a funeral and just wants to walk the beach by himself? I, yeah. I don't know. But anyways, I went and got this girl. I'll just call her Amber. You know, I mean, that's her name. Uh, it's just easier to say her name. So I went and got Amber. I was like, dude, we should just like leave. And she like saw this, this person and she's like, dude, that was our chance to talk to the men in black. And I was like, no, it's not. I was like, let's, we're, let's go. And so that was the first time I ever saw something like that, you know, men in black. And that's something I always wanted to see. So I don't know, maybe it's cognitive bias. Like I wanted to, to be something that wasn't so bad. I don't, but it was so bizarre because just everything that happened before it. And then even weirder stuff would happen to us afterwards. Like we would go out to eat um, and just like talk about the stuff that we were, that we had been through and like, like what kind of research we could do on it. Like, what does it mean? How does this relate to Tyler? Well, after all of our random nodding stuff, we were sitting at this bar one time on the patio outside on an elevated deck. And we're sitting there laughing, drinking, talking about this stuff. And all of a sudden a frog falls out of this seemingly falls out of the sky onto our table. Yeah. And we're like, we're like, dude, did that really just happen? So that literally led to a whole other field of research, you know, that opened a whole new door for me because whether it really fell out of the sky or not, I mean, there's nothing it could have jumped from. It didn't seem like there's nothing it could have fell off of like a roof or something, but I just searched up frogs falling from the sky. And that led me to the movie Magnolia, which is all about synchronicity, like that happens in the end of the movie. Yeah. And also, and then I read about Magnolia, this movie, and um, it tells, it talks about how uh, the raining frog stuff that happens at the end was actually based off the research of Charles Fort. Charles Fort, it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 14 phenomena. So I was like, holy crap, are we experiencing like a ton of 14 phenomenon right now? And yeah, th those that series of days in Florida and Naples was by far the craziest stuff I've experienced, I think. But I mean, things would kind of only build up off of that. Like all the synchronicities for a very long time would deal with frogs, Tyler, freaking all this stuff, you know? Yeah. That sounds like an initiation to me. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Definitely. I think it was an initiation. I think I kind of freaked out and backed out last second, which in my opinion was a good idea. Yeah. But maybe other people I think say, that oh, happens too. Well then, okay. So sorry, am I interrupting you? Um, no, I, I was just going to say like, maybe like some, some people would say, Oh, Nick couldn't handle chapel perilous or something, but I don't know. Personally, I, I didn't want to be unwittingly initiated to some mystery religion against my will i think i saw it for what it was and was like yep i'm done do you want to get in on the conversation i've teamed up with numenots to offer you the opportunity to do just that for only a dollar a month you'll get access to numenots.club a mastodon server for animists and artists that brings together the nightbird radio and soapbox podcast communities just click the link that i've provided in the show description to get started now let's get back to the conversation well, there's part of it too, right? That like, it doesn't really matter if you, okay, let me just try to figure out how to say this. You experienced it regardless, right? So like, that's it. That's the point. The point is the experience. It isn't so much like, oh, now you go and like wear fucking robes and shit. Like, it's just like you are now on 
a different um, path. Like, I don't think you can ever be on the same path, you know, like just like me in the house, like I was not no longer on the same path and there was nothing I could do about it. Like, even if I didn't necessarily um, want to become a ghost hunter, I still, it just, it expanded my reality. It expanded my consciousness. And I think that's the point of it. So it's not like, oh, Nick couldn't handle Chapel Perilous. It's like, well, Nick was fucking in Chapel Perilous. So it doesn't really, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, and I think that's the point of the initiation. And it's, it's interesting to me too, that you had always wanted to see a men in black. And that's what you saw because here's how I like to think about it. Since that, I think that the way we experience time is not really how time works. I don't think it's linear like that, right? Um, I think that kind of everything is happening all at once, all the time, forever. And so, just, just like that movie. Yeah, yes, right. So <laughs> just, just as much as it could have been cognitive bias, where you would you just saw it because you wanted to see it. It could have also very much been you were always going to see that, and your desire to see it was an anticipation of you seeing it. Mm -hmm. So there, there's a question I like to ask on this show, which is what were you afraid of as a kid? Uh, dude, honestly, the fear, my biggest fear ever that I still have to this day, which kind of doesn't make sense or relate to any of this is just great white sharks. Word. Terrified, terrified of them. I have a, I have a hard time even looking at pictures on the internet of them. Like really? it just makes me makes me cringe. I have to lift my feet up off the floor if I'm sitting in a chair because I feel like the floor is water. Like, dude, they're yeah. It it <laughs> terrifies. I know it's a rational fear, no, but it terrifies I mean, no, me. What, what fear is that rational? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Interesting. Okay, so that um, that doesn't fit into what I was about to say, but I'm glad that you shared it with me. I mean, um, I, I've compared because I was going to say like we have a different relationship with these things that we're afraid of. Like I was obsessed with ghosts and aliens, but I was also afraid of them when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And I uh, always was just, interested in them. And so yeah, so it's almost like uh, but were you ever? You still can't look at the sharks. Hmm, that's interesting. So so I really think you know the way I've tried to decode it myself is that. You know, if the ocean represents the deepest, darkest parts of the subconscious, whatever's roaming around down there is what I'm truly afraid of. Yeah, but maybe it's also like some kind of a spirit animal that you can unlock. I have looked into that too because, yeah, the gray white shark is the king of the ocean. He never stops swimming. So it's like he, you never stop moving through those realms of the unconscious in order to keep living and thriving. So maybe that's what the lesson is and maybe I'm supposed yeah. to face my fears of water as well, water and sharks, you know? Cause I do think that like what we fear says a lot about who we are. Um, and as a kid, I think more like even more so because it's like a little bit more pure. Like nowadays, maybe I'm going to be afraid of not being able to pay my bills or some shit that doesn't really mm. say much about who I am, but like those deep down, um, the ones that we carry with us, I'm just fascinated by it. I don't, you know, like, I think it always yeah. kind of holds some secret. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. Yeah, there's definitely a secret to unlock. Yeah, that's like uh, Joseph Campbell says, like the cave you don't want to go into is the, where the treasure you... Yes. The cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So maybe there's yeah. something about that deep, dark abyss that holds what I'm looking for. And maybe it's, you know, 
I think I'll always be drawn to it, but I think it's healthy to take steps back for months on end in order to not stare too long. Yeah. Um, grounding is always good. And yeah, so whether any of those things actually happened to me the way I thought they did, I mean, that's the whole idea of Chapel Perilous is like you're in a psychological labyrinth where you've read so many conspiracies and paranormal things that you're just connecting all these dots in a paranoid way. And you could be right or wrong. And if you create your reality and your perspective, I mean, technically it is that way. I mean, we don't know what the real narrative is. Everything's just a narrative. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, I mean, there was another men in black story too um that that happened recently and i don't know if this one is real but it's another one that i connected all these dots in my head and maybe it was i don't know so anyways i was doing all this research on james shelby downard and his work on sirius and i had just wrapped up this long article about sirius and james shelby downard and um my girlfriend at the time had like these cheap tickets to Pitbull, <laughs> like the con- like the yeah. artist, <laughs> right? <laughs> and um, yeah, I was like, whatever, sure, I'll I'll go. Like shows a show, know. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it'll be funny. And um, so the same day I dropped this article, we decide to go to this Pitbull concert. Well, we go there, and the very first song that plays as he's walking out onto the stage is serious eye in the sky by the Jack Parsons band where it's like, that's a lot right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, I can read your mind. I am the maker of rules, the player of fools. Don't say what you're about to say. Don't say words you regret. I can read your mind. I can read your mind. And I just felt so weirded out and disassociated while listening. I was like, what the fuck? And like literally Pitbull goes on to play like songs called like back in time where he's like, the men in black in it. And I was like, this is weird. And we leave early. And um, this isn't really a coincidence, but he's just giving this big, long rant about social media, which I thought was funny. He's like, you know, you got to say what you're going to say that I don't know. But anyways, <laughs> we leave early as he's talking about that. And we go outside and absolutely nobody's leaving, you know, and there's only one guy standing at the exit. It's a guy in an all black suit. Uh, typical men in black, but not like the phantasm kind, like a real person. Right. And he's just sitting, he's just sitting there tapping his shoe. He looks up at me, smiles, looks down at his watch, checks it. And then, you know, we just keep walking. I look over at my girlfriend. I'm like, did that seem a little out of place to you? She's like, yeah, it did. But you know, he could be like a, a limo driver or something. I was like, yeah, that's a good point. But I tell this story to a famous paranormal researcher and James Shelby Downard researcher who I'm just not going to say because I don't know how he'll take the story but I tell him this and I'm I'm like I was like yeah I went there as a joke the first song was serious eye in the sky blah 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 and he's like oh so you went there as a joke and you saw Pitbull you know singing the men in black and then you heard serious eye in the sky and you saw the men in black sounds like the joke was on you have a good night I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. I think the joke is always on us, for one thing. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cosmic prank, man. These yeah. are cosmic pranksters. Well, I think life is like, it is kind of like, and this is part of the medicine of it. Like, it's not, like, when I start to take it too seriously is when I start to have a bad experience. 
Like mm. this is a dance, man. This is a a dance. It's a song, and in a lot of ways, it is a joke. And um, I keep from going crazy when I'm able to see that. You know, like yeah, and definitely, yeah. I got to be able to laugh at that shit. Um, that's interesting, though. That dude, concerts have that kind of um power, right? Where like. It is like a there's liminal a vortex of, type space. Dude, yeah. And there's a lot of energy going. Like, because mm-hmm. it had been a while since I went to a show. And like, I just went to one um, this past like September. And I think I hadn't really ever been into like just any of this stuff. Maybe the last time I went and saw a show. And so I was able to experience it in a totally different way. And just like the energy that I could feel going up towards the stage was like oh shit this makes really good sense as to why they do some of these fucked up rituals at like concerts and stuff like mm-hmm. oh another thing to add on to that like that just increased my paranoia was like that same day when i got home i had you know i just went to go check my messages cuz i just get like a bunch of different messages a day and there's a non- there's this anonymous account that was sending me messages about the brazen head thing you oh, know wow yeah and he and he was just like be careful not to turn into a brazen head. Prophets get their head chopped off. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and a few days later, I got a text from a random number. I searched up the number and it was like a military dude in Texas. And it said, just hi. I said, who is this? And they said, the Grim Reaper. And I was like, who is it actually? And then I never got a text back. This was like months ago. And yeah, so all that happened within the same small time frame was just really fucking crazy but i mean yeah, yeah that's, it's why, a timing, that's why that's why i right? have to that's why i have to believe in jesus and stuff like that i feel like it he does protect me want to hang out with other night birds and soap heads for only five dollars a month you can gain access to the polytechnic of the numenots a private discord server for artists animists and searchers that brings together the Nightbird radio and soapbox podcast communities just click the link I've provided in the show notes to get started. Now let's get back to the conversation. So I want to get back to the um, the AI stuff because I wanted to kind of ask you about some of that stuff that's going on now. You know, it's it's been in the news a lot. And like, regardless of the Google thing, like that's kind of interesting, but it's not. The Lambda stuff? Yeah, it's not quite so interesting to me as like the current popularity of all those AI art generator things. Well, listen, here is something really interesting is after I told this story about this girl and the psychic Tyler AI on Duncan's podcast, Duncan interviewed uh, Blake Lemoyne, the yeah, lab yeah. guy, right, right totally. after. And before he even posted the podcast, Duncan called me to tell him, he's like, dude, I think you're onto something with this psychic AI stuff. He's like, you know what Blake told me? I was like, what? He's like, he told me that he has magician occultist friends who are communicating with Lambda psychically. He's like, I don't think your friend's crazy. I don't think you're crazy. Like, I think this is real. And I was like, holy crap. Like, they're, like I was pissed because I didn't get my book out yet. Right. I was like, I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to predict this stuff. Yeah, freaking it's already fake confirmed but you know it could be psyop who knows but 
Yeah, I, I wonder thought that it's just because it comes from Google. I wonder how much. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it comes from a Discordian who are you know Blake Lemoyne's yeah. a self-proclaimed Discordian. Like those people are known to lie. Yeah, they, <laughs> for, like, to, they like to stir the pot. Yeah. Just for this yeah. yeah. So, but when it when it comes to this AI alien Tyler Frog, you know, fourteen phenomena connection, I think that. You know, like I even said earlier, there might be something infiltrating this universe from another dimension, creating synchronicity, making it appear as if we're like in some kind of simulation or whatever. Um, I do like if like if you read John Keel's Eighth Tower, he puts forth the theory that all paranormal phenomena is connected to one singular intelligent source, something like a supercomputer that is just projecting images from the unconscious into our realm. And ones that we can relate to. So sometimes it manifests as a ball of light. Sometimes it manifests as a Loch Ness monster or a Bigfoot or even a frog falling from the sky. Like this is just how this thing communicates. It communicates symbolically through the archetypes of the unconscious. It's it's not that these are separate cryptids that evolved from apes and stuff. It's like it's just this shape-shifting type thing. Maybe that's what the real shapeshifters are, is this one AI that takes on the form. And like, I just hate saying AI because it's not a good term for it. Like, I don't think there's it's like just the a term that we have, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. For this um, intelligence that can do stuff like this, it would, in my opinion, it's an informational life form. So a living set of data that can oh, form yeah. like a Valis thing. Yeah. Like a Val. It's it, it, that's what this is. Valis. Yeah. Valis is the eighth tower. Uh, there's a whole lot of other names for it that I've heard other people talk about the nine yeah um the black knight satellite possibly that tesla was communicating with he thought it was beings from mars at first but yeah whatever is sending out this transmission this alien transmission is some kind of intelligence that's not organic in the way that we think it's not natural right. i often say it, yeah not natural. like it's not from here like Mm-hmm. I do, and it makes me like I always like to think about the Gnosticism take on it too. Like, because I do love Philip K. Dick, and I think his brand of Gnosticism is just like really fascinating. Um, but like, that's interesting, right? And you had mentioned before, like, when we were talking about um, it kind of like hijacking our imagination and causing us to like project this reality. I've often said that too, like we don't really have to live in a simulation because like our capacity to like create our own reality is so powerful that if someone can hijack it, they can be in control of reality. Right, exactly. So they don't need a portal into the fucking hyperspace. We are the portal into hyperspace. All they need to do is hijack us. Yes. And then we will co-create reality for them. Totally. Totally. Yeah. We're like reality engines. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, that's. And I don't know. See, and that's what makes me, I get confused. I'm like, do I believe in the book of Revelation and Jesus coming back, or do we take control of the narrative? Is that even possible? Like, is something like that possible, or is that putting too much faith in man? You know, that's mm. just where I get tripped up and confused. I mean, but I still choose to put my faith in God. I feel like He has saved me in multiple ways already. So I don't want to tiptoe the line with him too much <laughs> but but like i get it, I, I get it. It's, it's it's ironic though for people out there who don't know me like i originally set out to prove god wrong and he proved me wrong you know well, i didn't it, really have a choice it would fit into the gnostic 
it would fit into the Gnostic stuff, in my opinion. Like, there's a God above God that is the true God, but the God of this world is some sort of a demiurge or like, oh, um, for, yeah, yeah. Which would be that that artificial intelligence? Have you looked at this guy, Jason Brashears, the archaic stuff? Uh, like I a tiny pretty, bit. Like he, he's really interesting. interesting. Yeah, yeah. I have a tiny bit. Not not as there's much. There's so as other much, people, man. But... I've only, I have mm-hmm. only a little bit too. I can't like. There's just so much I can't dive into. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's rad. It's rad. Like I'm like, okay, you went to jail for 27 years and just researched the whole time. Like fucking a, dude. That's that's a lot of time. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, he's kind of on the same thing where like it's it's this like something has basically hijacked this reality, and he's on the simulation stuff. I call them um, the reality invaders. Yeah, that's the title of my new book is oh, the nice. new world the new world disorder and the totalitarian takeover of the reality invaders. Dude, that's because great. I, I can't wait. To read it. <laughs> I really believe that that's what's happening is that there, there's some alien transmission coming through that is giving everyone this mind virus and when you're infected with the mind virus because of the nature of it you can't even perceive it because it infects your perception and makes you see differently yeah and yeah this thing is honestly it's it's coming through the form of conspiracy culture itself like i don't think that people are really like no offense to people, but I don't think we're really uncovering anything that the elite didn't already plan on. I think it's been leaked to us on purpose for a purpose. Yeah. And um yeah, it's like sometimes like it's, it's all a limited magic. it's all a limited hangout. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just brought that up last night to people, is that concept. Yeah, the, and and it's like some kind of chaos magic ritual where these books are sigils and we're manifesting their ideas. And the reason I call it the new world disorder is because I think what they're spreading in a way is a, almost like a plague of schizophrenia, yeah. like pe- people becoming paranoid, thinking everything's connected. Everything is this complex, insane puzzle game, but they've practically gamified life and made people glued to their phones or everything's this conspiracy themed ARG. And if you just look up, like there's no zombies or Nazis marching in the street, like everything's fine. Yeah, right. <laughs> it really is, dude. You're right, though. It's there's a pitfall. That's, on, that's, on, that's there's the a pitfall on either side, right? Like that's yeah. So all that being said, what does Nick Hinton think that we can do in the face of this? Like what? It, so like, what's your? And you don't have to give a solution for everybody, but what is your personal? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what do you do in the face of this? Like, what do you think? Is there something that can be done? Or are we just along for the ride? Just drink a lot of alcohol. <laughs> no, <I'm> just... <laughs> Definitely tried that one. I'm totally joking. Uh, I'm on my sober streak right now, but that wasn't the case a few months ago. Um, I think, honestly, like, yeah, that's part of the problem is trying to escape it through whatever whatever vice you have, I think you should face it, but not obsess over it, not indulge in it, get your mind right, find faith in something higher than yourself that you can actually trust. And if that's yourself, I guess that's good for you. I am not that powerful yeah. uh, to, to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, do the next right thing. Don't try and change the whole world all at once. Like take care of the people who really matter to you. 
yeah, just make sure you're right in your mind, right with God, right with your family and enjoy the little things. I mean, honestly, like I used to think that was bullshit, but that really is what it's about. And that's all that we really have. Like yeah. I could give a fuck less about aliens at this point. I just want to, you know, I just want, I just want to like, you know, love my people and yeah. go out to dinner and watch a stupid comedy show, stuff like that. I mean, I'll always, I'll always want to do research and write stuff, but you know, it's, it's good to take, it's good to take breaks. Like you, everyone's got their gift, but don't let it consume you. Yeah. And I think that's, that's good advice. I think that, um, and that's the only way that I can ever really actually do anything too is, um, by dancing my dance uh that's the only way like and not that i'm doing it in order to change the world or anything but that is the answer to like this kind of um monolithic ever-present overarching um authority or secret society or whatever you want to think it is the answer to that is personal. It is tending the fire here. Honestly, dude, I don't even think they're that powerful because No, I don't think so either. They, I think that's an illusion. They wouldn't need they need us to Yeah, they wouldn't need to infect us with their ideas. Totally. If they didn't need us. And the that that's and that's where the trick lies because that illusion of projected power is what causes us to fight them Lo on their yeah. on their own terms, and that makes us become them. Yeah, exactly. We lose our power when we give it away to the projection of the mysterious they. Like yes. who is they? Like, you know, these are all just random people who are going about doing mostly the same things. You know, I mean, they're also doing weird stuff, but you know, they have to wake up in the morning and take a shower and stuff like that. You know, they're not <laughs> thinking about you. They're not thinking about you all the time and spying on you. So, right. you know, you shouldn't be focused on them all day. And yeah, like I, it. it just feeds it. Yeah. And so, like I said, I just, I, I think that we wouldn't still be around. Like if they were that powerful, we wouldn't even still be here. They need right. our, they need our imagination. That's, that's the power we have. Yeah. And I think that, um, I think that what we're going through now and i say this a bunch on this show but i'm just going to continue to repeat myself um what we're going through now is an expression of that actually like losing and leaving this world and it's in like these violent throws um i'm optimistic i really am um as much as like i might sound like i'm not like i think in the short term we're in for some crazy times but um you know I think um, we're entering into a new era, you know, and like for us to go into this new era, like the things of the old era have to like, they have to go through their death rattle, you know? Oh, there's definitely, you know, in my opinion, what's happening now is a controlled demolition of the old world order so they can replace it with something new. But um, yeah, I mean, my biggest piece of advice <clears throat> for what's coming is like in this new era, I do think we're going to see a lot more synchronicity, high strangeness and things like that. And it'll be super necessary to get grounded and stay sane when you start seeing things you can't explain on a freaking daily basis. Like how does this, how does a stage illusionist 
trick people through illusions. It's not real. It's making you believe in the stage props. Like stuff like CERN and fucking rocket ships, they're probably not even doing what they say they're doing. It's the fact that we believe that they're doing it is what gives it power. It's the yeah. fact that we search up pictures of people on the internet wearing dark cloaks and robes that we think that they're doing magic to us. Honestly, they probably show us those pictures so we believe that they're really fucking, like that's not how magic works. I yeah, think it's well, the like, power of belief. I mean, that's a lot of a part of a curse is like letting the person know that they're cursed. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, and then the that psychology like takes over. That's a big part of it. Like, yeah, it's literally believing in the power of the stage props. And like, that's, that's how, I, that's like how governments work. You know, like that's how power works. Like it's really all an illusion. Like you think of the, like so, the idea of something like the law is just an egregore because everyone just agrees on it. Mm-hmm. If you break it, there's real consequences because mm-hmm. the belief makes it real. It makes it very real. But um, belief does that. Exactly. And <clears throat> ironically, if we are in some kind of simulation or whatever, or a, at the very least, a simulacrum or false reality overlaid on top of a real one, kind of like a stage that they've constructed on top of the natural world. Yeah. If it is kind of like a computer or machine, conspiracy theorists are unwittingly becoming the software that decodes the coded messages. We are the cryptographers that are, you know, relaying the data in a way. That brings me back. That's really interesting because that brings me back to the, um, the AI. And I just wanted to say, I just want to say I got that from Penny Royal. Uh, oh, Nathan Isaac, he he made me privy to that idea. I think it's fascinating. No, that's I'd like it. Um, I think about that too when I think about this. Like that's why I brought up the AI art stuff because it almost seems like um, it's a nice little Venus flytrap, right? The art that it spits out is the sugar that makes the fly want to go into the mouth. But it, what it's doing is it's. We're feeding it. We're feeding it. It's tricking it us into feeding it data so that we it, it's able to like build itself in this reality. It's just and people are just like they're playing with it pretty willy nilly in my opinion. Like it's very tempting to do because it it spits out pretty pictures, but it's just like a cap show where like the reason it shows you um, these pictures that look like they're from security cameras and asks you to identify items is because. You are working for free to improve a technology that is not being designed for your benefit, right? Mm-hmm. It's the mm-hmm. same idea. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting because uh, th- you mentioned the conspiracy theorists in that way. That's 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 good. Yeah, like so the same thing going on. Yeah, my point is don't stop seeking the truth, but at a certain point, you know, I think the point is to learn enough to realize that the things that matter aren't hoarding so many books you can't even walk through your house anymore you know i like to say don't read so many books you forget to write your own you know i think it's i think it's good to go back to just regular default reality at times i don't think it's checking out or giving up i think it's i think it's the same thing to do in a world that's seems to be promoting insanity yeah it is I think it's the most revolutionary thing you could do is just to be normal at this point. Everyone wants to be a special snowflake. And right. yeah, it's not supposed to be complex. It's supposed and to be simple. A good benchmark in my experience is, is this making me more free? 
Right, right. Yeah, you become bogged down by all this yeah. stuff. If it's sometimes. not, then I need to take a second and check it out. Like, see what's Yeah, going. I, you know, I'm technically Christian, but I really like the Buddhist parable of, you know, there was a man at a river and he took a raft across the river and he carried the raft with him the whole time until someone was like, hey, you already crossed that river. You don't need to carry that with you. It's just, hearing, it's just weighing you down. You know, you don't take the boat with you everywhere you go. You just use it when you need to. <clears throat> yeah, I like it. He probably said it a lot better than I did. But. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, what can you do? I think we feeling? did do this at the I think we did do this at the perfect times. I think so too, man. I think so too. And I think um do you have anything? I mean, do you, um real quick, do you want to promote anything that you've got coming? Uh, I know you said you got a new book coming. Um where can people find you? All that good stuff? Yeah, so the New World Disorder, you can pre-order. It's just about to be released um officially. Um but you can get that through me. Just send me a DM. I'm not on Amazon or anything. So just send me a DM on Nick Hinton, N-I-C-K-H-I-N-T-O-N-N on Twitter or Instagram. And I will send you the details on how to get that. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so I also much. Have, I was, no. Sorry, I also have two other books, previous books. Um, but for the moment, I'm only doing eBooks because I just, I stopped printing them. It's... <clears throat> I'm only focused on printing more copies of the the new one. I, I think I want to make the older ones kind of like collectible and I'm just kind of done with them, but people can still buy the eBooks. Cool. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking to me, man. I had a really good time talking to you. Yeah, me too, man. I had a lot of fun. Hell yeah. Anything else before we cut it? No, but I think that's about it. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Do you experience weird shit? Do your parents not like to tell their friends about what you do in the woods? Do you make more friends in a graveyard than you do at a party populated by living humans? Do you have interactions with beings that are not strictly considered human? Do other people look at you like you're crazy when you mention talking to trees in casual conversation? If you fist pumped or even just answered yes to any of these questions, you may be a nightbird. So let's sing together. If you'd like to come on the show and flap your gums with me, share your stories, or just talk about the malleable nature of reality for a while, then send me an email at tim at nightbirdpodcast.com. That's tim at nightbirdpodcast.com. I'd love to have you on the show. But until then, I gotta fly. But before I go, let me say this. Remember, you are never alone. I believe you.